We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited for tonight's episode featuring my friend, Shane Engel, who is an entrepreneur, blogger, and modest plus-size fashion model. Shane talks about her childhood and how growing up with parents who were hard of hearing affected her and what prompted her major self-discovery and development in high school. She is an old soul, as you'll hear during this episode, and she really learned how to give herself self-love at a young age. Shandy spoke about making the best out of the situation you're dealt with and lessons she's learned as a manager at her job. She also shared some really great advice for fellow managers and business owners and spoke about why she focuses on helping small businesses with her side hustle. Shandy spoke about how she deals with negativity and offers advice on not taking things personally. Shandy also offers advice for mothers of young girls on how to help them develop their self-esteem and make them feel like the best version of themselves. So I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, learn a lot, and be inspired. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com, to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. I grew up in London. I went to typical mainstream schools, had a very typical upbringing, or what I thought was um, typical. I'm going to like really kind of jump right into it. Um, just to give you an idea of how I got to what I'm doing today. So in high school, I kind of started like acting out a little bit, um, seeking attention from teachers, like trying to, you know, create class politics and like getting into the middle of things and attention, from, like really kind of seeking attention. And which was really weird for me because I was doing well academically and I would also like kind of like smart like I would, I would I'm the type of person that I know how to you know handle situations um figure out solution I'm like kind of a solution girl so it was like kind of interesting for me to see me acting out that way and I couldn't figure out where I was coming from so through like obviously like speaking to people what I, what I discovered was that basically my parents they're hard of hearing now every person they, we have five senses we have a sense of um, sight, we can hear, we can touch, the smell, and the what's the fifth one? Wait, I'm like thinking. <laughs> okay, whatever. I, I don't remember the fifth one, but either way, yeah, we have five senses. And what happens is that when you're missing one sense, you use all others much stronger. 
So oh, taste, taste exactly. Um, <laughs> so for my parents, they were missing the sense of like hearing. So you would assume that they would use all other four senses even stronger. Now, the problem was that when it came to a sense of touch, which, by the way, touch is not just physical touch, but it's also, um, uh, touch can also mean like love, giving love through words, through um, affirmation, through action, and all that kind of thing, that was also missing. So I was kind of like living in a home that was based on three senses. There were two senses missing and only we were like in the picture so through that I discovered that I had to like work on my self-love like give myself the self-love in order to feel that sense and feel like complete so just an interesting discovery that I made as a young kid that you, you know we take these senses for granted, granted but really you need all five to function and if there's one missing if you have another one missing, you're just not functioning. You need all of them. So I really worked on that sense of touch, which is not just physical touch, but also the sense of like giving myself self-love, um, discovering how to tell myself that I'm good, I'm worth it, I am enough. Wow. That, that was something that like I went through in high school. I went through a major like self-discovery development let's call it right yeah I feel like that's very advanced for a girl yeah, in high school yeah. yeah I think I grew up really fast <laughs> <laughs> right you do have that like old soul feeling you know yeah I do definitely a thousand percent <laughs> <laughs> um I noticed that when I met you I'm like she's like she's been through things like she could you know right right so you say that you gave yourself self-love and stuff so right. how did you do that we go into that a little bit so honestly like it starts with obviously you know therapy just um speaking to the right people um being I surrounded myself with friends who fully supported me I took care of myself like I made sure to do well in my academics I made sure to like take care of myself my appearances I made sure to keep up yeah keep up my appearance keep up in school like keep up with everything with the latest so that like I would always have my a-game whatever I did and whatever I want and that like really helped me get to like know myself and get to set myself goals get to get to have like my own aspirations and my own dreams and actually you know it helped me accomplish them wow yeah Yeah. that's incredible I have to say like I, I mean I'm still so like wowed by the fact that you were a teenager doing this right right I had to I was like the oldest girl at home and I was kind of like doing a lot of the things that a typical teenager wouldn't be doing so yeah that definitely helped me grow yeah what what do you say that that was part of the reason why you wanted to move to the U.S. or and I nothing to do with it um not really I mean obviously as a kid growing up I would always dreamed of the U.S. and I remember like I came here when I was 12 years old for the first time my uncle's wedding and I was just like mesmerized by Manhattan and the tall building then like everything just seemed so cool even like the girls my age everyone just felt much cooler than we were in England and I remember coming home and telling my mom please send me to boarding school in the U.S. and I like, I remember crying to her literally <laughs> and she was like no now's not the time I need you here um, but yeah, in the in the back of my mind, it was always like I always hoped that I would marry an American guy. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, your dream came true. 
yes, you know, eventually I, you know, I got divorced in England and then I just took the opportunity to do, jump at it, come here and try and make a life for myself here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. What was the adjustment like? So honestly, the beginning was really hard. Um, and I'm going to put it out there because I feel like it could help so many others. I came with nothing. Like I had maxed out on, you know, my divorce and paying for everything that I had to pay. So I came with literally probably like $300 in my bank account. I came knowing maybe like two friends. Um, and that's about it. I did. I had no plan. I just booked myself a one-way ticket and decided to give it a shot. I remember the first day that I landed, I just picked up all the local papers and I scammed through everything for jobs and for apartments. Um, I think on the second day that I arrived, I probably had like 12 interviews in one day. I literally scheduled them one after the next. And um, thank God, with my English accent, I managed to like, um, you know, what's what? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, it's like, everyone loves it. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the I charm, managed to, like, the charm people. I managed to get a lot of yeses. And by the end of the day, I had a job. Like by the second day in America, I had a job already. <laughs> so um, there was like a lot of determination that went into it. I knew I just had to make it because if not, forget it. Like, I'm just going to be a nobody. So I got myself a job and went apartment hunting and I can't, I really did it alone. I really did. I, I must say that the biggest adjustment was the social life. I had nobody here. I had my one or two friends, but they weren't always available for me. Um, so it was very, very tough. But like I knew I wanted to be here and I was just going to make it work. There was just no way. I, I wasn't going to fail. There was no way that I was going to fail this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that you came alone. I thought that you yeah. came, like you got married and then you moved here. Okay. No, I came here divorced. And I mean, I did come to date, but like, yeah, it took a lot of like to settle down and a lot of networking to get to where I am like now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So, so when- just like putting it out there that, you know, if you ever want to make a change, move or do something and you, you know, if it's, whether it's finance, then they're holding you back or just like you think you're going to fail. Don't let it hold you back. You don't know what you'll get. For sure. For sure. Wow. That's so inspiring. Wow. Okay. So when did you find your apartment? So what I did was when I arrived, I stayed by my aunt, but it wasn't really accommodation because she put me in her room with with all her toys, like her kids, you know, toy room. Um, I think I found found an apartment about a week later and yeah, I just moved in myself. And got on with it. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Okay. That is so brave of you. Okay. So the job that you found, is that where you're working now? No. Um, I started off in a kid's clothing store. I loved the customer service part of it. I loved the, like, you know, merchandising in a store, you know, have, like putting everything out, finding a place for everything. I didn't love the kid retail part of it. It wasn't my line. But the pay was well, so I just, you know, I stuck it out till I got engaged, um, which was about a year after I got here. And then, and then when I moved to Muncie, I, that that's where I got the job where I am at now. So I work now in Juni, just a women's retail store, and I love it. Right, right, yeah, I've I've loved talking about that. Okay, so let's go back, move backwards for a second. But did you have like any specific career goals when you moved to the U.S. or were you just like trying to like stay afloat at that point? 
So honestly, I didn't have a specific career goal. I knew that I love fashion. I definitely knew that like I want to be in the retail sector. But my main focus was just making an impact. I mean to say that wherever I would work, make an impact in your workplace, make an impact on your on the people that you work with, the people that you deal with on a daily basis, um, and just making the best out of it. Um, I think I take that actually, if I don't mind saying, from my great-grandmother, she like she always used to say you know when she started her first job she her job was literally to serve coffee to the people in the workplace and she took the job because she needed it and she really worked her way up and then she became after a few years later she became the manager of the whole workplace and she did amazingly there I think she even eventually became partner there I'm not sure about that those details but she she made it nice (laughs) so I kind of like took it from her that it doesn't matter what the job is whatever it is you make the best out of it and the best will come after you. That is such a great lesson, by the way. Yeah. That is yeah. such a great one. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of women who are watching this, you know, you might be happy with where you are, but maybe you're not. And, and this is such like your story and your grandmother's story and a lot of people's stories really um, should really be like a, an inspiration and, you know, to, to know that you have something to look forward to, that you just keep making the best out of, wherever you are and right the rest will right. come yeah I love that right so right now you're a manager at Junie's which is a women's clothing store what have you learned through working there that you can apply to your own business I, I know you have some goals now right right um well first of all communication communication is key um whether we're talking to the boss talking to the workers um even to the client communication is number one never let anything just roll over if something bothering you discuss it straight away otherwise it's just going to blow up into something that's bigger for no reason uh the second thing is customer service um i'm a big advocate for that i love people and i love making people happy um and it's just so important to like have a good policy a good relationship with customers to make them want more from you um to make them want to come back to you so that's something that's really important to me um what else I have it written down (laughs) those are great ones by the way and it's so funny because I think that people sometimes forget that working for other people that's almost like the try like not not that you're experimenting on their businesses but in a way like you're you are because then you're learning all these lessons for your own business. hundred percent. Another big thing I would say is um employee depreciation. It goes such a long way, and I'm such an advocate for that because I see it. I just see I see bosses who don't appreciate workers and it's everything just goes sour. And then I see places where, you know, the workers get a lot of feedback from the boss and it makes such a difference if, if you're getting good feedback from your boss then you're producing good work and that it's basically a cycle so yeah whatever you put in that's what that's what you're going to get back out of it yeah those are they're really great it's so true I'm thinking back like I think I actually learned that from my mom I'm not sure why because she doesn't really have her own business but um to always like people who work for me to always thank them, even though they're not like my employees, they're it's contract workers, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but and and you and I see it 100 percent I see their how great like that they want to perform better when I'm grateful. So it just 100%. yeah, that's a great. So 
let's talk about a little bit about um you you also have like your own like side hustle right now right so why when did you decide to do that and why okay so let's talk about my side hustle one of the things that I do is um I like to support small businesses so one way of doing that is doing giveaways um I I organize Instagram giveaways and this helps, you know, small businesses grow their following and their exposure. I'm very into growing and helping small businesses because I feel like all big businesses out there, they have all the money in the world to spend on marketing and on branding and on high-end products, where small businesses do, do not have that means. And in the end of the day, all big businesses were a small business one, like once upon a time. So I, ha- I, ha- I think the bottom line is that I have faith and I believe in these small businesses. And that's why like, I really want to help them as much as I can. So the best way I can help them is by growing their account. Like, that's my niche. Um, and I love it. I get, I got, I've gotten to discover so many new accounts, so many new businesses. I've made a lot of fun through this. Um, and I feel like, the feedback is amazing. I've, I've, you know, I've helped account go from a thousand to ten thousand followers, and it does, it does generate customers and clients. So that makes me happy. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that you're someone who really supports small businesses, like right. with your whole heart. So that makes sense. That's where it's coming from. Right. What are some challenges that you've had to overcome during your business? Well, we're talking about business still during your business journey. <laughs> um at work or like in general and in general with you running your business and also like working with someone else right well definitely dealing with negativity um very hard when you're putting in a lot of effort to keep things rolling and you know people don't see that effort that you put in that is hard when people don't appreciate that and they take what you're doing for granted so negativity is a hard thing to deal with but I've learned to just focus on the positive, focus on the on the good feedback that you get and let that kind of spring forth over the negativity. That's the only way kind of to move forward. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. So how do you deal with that like negativity? Like when you get it from people, like how do you, customer service wise, how do you deal with that? So generally I'll try to help the client as much as I can. Like I'll, be, I'll offer them the max so that they leave happy. Which thankfully I've been able to do 99% of the time. I've managed to work something out, compromise with the client so that they leave happy and I'm happy. Um, and of course, the 1% time you you learn that it's not you that's the problem. It's obviously the client that is a difficult person, is either going through something difficult or just it had a difficult nature. And whatever you're gonna offer them is not gonna be enough. And you're just gonna have to like let that just kind of swing by and hope that long term, you know, it's not gonna affect you because. 99% of the time you're doing great and the feedback is amazing. Yes, that is, uh, that is very important to remember. A really great point. Yeah. It's, it's not you. Like it's all, I think like that's also like in regards to life in general. Of course. Most of, of course. the time it's not you. Yeah, of course. I, I could tell that to everyone. Like don't take anyone's reaction to anything personally. You know, everyone working things out. And most of the time when you'll communicate that with someone, They'll be like, they will like tell you, you know what? Hey, something was going on or something is going on. And that is why I was acting this way. Yeah. So we have to like stop taking everything so personally and, you know, 
Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So something that you, something else that you do is you blog and as, as a model, right. Um, so my question is, so I know you're very into the size inclusivity. So, and I don't like to use the word plus size model, um, but I feel like it's just be model, but at the end of the day, you're, I guess, in that niche of plus size model. That, that's what, that's right. what you say. Right. So, um, were you always confident in your body? Like, can you talk, can you share your journey in regards to body confidence? Um, so as I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, I work from self-love and I think that through that process, I kind of just learned to love myself no matter what. I, w- I never, I think, thank God, I never had an issue with my weight, which I know most people struggle with. Um, I'm obviously blessed with a good nature, that for sure. Um, but it was, I think learning my, the thing that I, I'm good at and learning my positive attributes, that's what helped me like appreciate my body. And like, I was happy, you know, I never felt the need to be thin or be a side to like, I was just happy with myself. And I knew that this is my life and I, I'm going to accept it. And at this point in life, I, I kind of love myself. Um, right, if I may sure. say so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it definitely, it was like a process of just kind of like discovering myself and what me as a person can offer. And once you, you see what you're worth, everything else doesn't matter anymore because you see what your goals are you see what you work you see what you can give to other people how you can impact other people and then the body that's there that doesn't matter it's the inside that counts um but obviously someone who is not 100% happy with their with their you know body or their features or whatever it is it means they're still kind of struggling inside too there's still things that they're working out so that's what I've learned like if you've worked yourself out and you know what you're what you're worth then it really helped with your positive body image. And yeah, so that's kind of like growing up helped me a lot with what I do today. Honestly, though, I never thought of myself as being a model or any of that sort of thing. I would, I always grew up, I enjoy shopping. I enjoy finding good finds. I enjoy dressing up. So that was never an issue for me. Um, I think when I came here, um, I went to a store that was actually a plus size store. And she saw me trying on and she liked my figure and she was like, hey, could you model for me? And I looked at her like, you're crazy. Why would I model for you? And she's like, you come out of the fitting room and you're just happy and you love yourself in every outfit. It was just like a breath of fresh air for her. Like she's so used to seeing clients or like come out of the fitting room and they're just all they're looking at their, their negativity, their flaws. But I came out of that dressing room and I was just like dancing around in my dress, doing a happy <laughs> dance and just like loving it. And for her, the breath of fresh air, and she thought I would be like the perfect fit to model for her. So I just jumped at the opportunity. I thought, you know, let me give it a try. And that's when it kind of opened my eye that I definitely had a, have a niche for it. Um, and I don't really call myself a model, but I do. I do know that whatever is on the inside kind of reflects on the outside. And because I'm so like confident with myself and I'm so like happy where I'm at, that kind of reflects on the outside. And that's what helped me do these photo shoots and model for people. Yes. Yes. That's so true. It's so funny that you say you don't call yourself a model because we all call you a model. Right. Right. It is on my bio, classified model, because that's what I've kind of become. But it was never really like my goal. Honestly, my goal is to um, help, you know, people feel happy, whatever side they are, whatever shape they are. 
help people find clothing that will make them happy. Um, change the fact that like, you know, the myth that plus size people have to wear black, that is not true. We can wear color all the way, even though I'm wearing black now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, we can wear color. So I want to kind of change that myth. And um, yeah, I'm just all about really helping people like dress up. I get people messaging me all the time. Like, hey, I have this dress. How could I, you know, layer it up in a way that it looks cute and I'll find them linked to finish off the outfit. That's really my goal. Obviously, through the process, um, I model, but that's not my main, that's not what I'm trying to project. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And I love the point that you mentioned earlier in regards to when, when you were happy and confident with who you are, you've worked out your issues in terms of loving yourself. That's when you just are good with the way that you look because it's like, it's all our reflection, right? Right, 100%. And I actually spoke to a therapist once who I was interviewing her and she, and she mentioned a similar idea. She was saying how she really doesn't focus on like, looking look in the mirror and like, love your, say how much you love your, you know, your stomach or whatever, your arms. Like instead it's about like talking about like what you have to offer as a person. And it's like a domino effect, you know, one thing after the next. So yeah, that's so smart. I love that. So what sort of feedback do you get from other people in regards to being a plus size model? So honestly, the feedback's been amazing. Um, first, when I started it, I'm like, who's even going to be following me on my page? Who's interested? But I, I realized two things. that First of all, the niche in, in being a modest um, plus size model is very, very small. So that was one thing that I had to offer that, hadn't been put out on the table yet. So the feedback has been amazing. People are reaching out to me, they're asking me for ideas, how to dress. Um, people appreciate the link that I share with them. I think the most common thing that I, I get asked all the time is please share dresses, share, um, you know, a full, like, a full fashion look that I could use for the next event that I have on the next occasion. Um, so yeah, the feedback's been amazing. and the best part is when I'm like out and about and people recognize my faces and they come up to me and they're like, Hey, you're that blogger. Like, you know, thanks so much for this link. I got that skirt that you posted. So it's really cool. Like, you know, I, I like what I'm doing and I like the fact that people are actually seeing my stories and they're, you know, buying the thing that I'm sharing with them. And um, yeah, not that I, not that like it's, you know, I'm talking to the four walls, like people are actually following me for a reason so oh for sure for sure do why do you think that you know it's become such a thing now and popular and all the positive feedback in regards to um being a you know plus size model as opposed to like years ago this wasn't a thing you know what I mean right right well first of all social media a year ago also wasn't a thing altogether um but I just think there's much more of an awareness like you know women have spoken up uh, brands are starting to realize that if they're just going to cater for a smaller market, it's going to make them look bad, I think, personally. Um, I agree. So I think there's much more of like awareness for brands, especially to like cater for everyone, to think about everyone and to have something for all body sizes, all body shapes. So it's definitely just social media definitely helped that. Like People are talking about it. People are um people are, are like 
it's, it's a work in progress. You know, you're seeing more and more plus size model come out on Instagram talking about the body than, you know, showing how we can look amazing just like everyone else. So yeah, definitely it's, it's a work in progress. And I, I just think that like it's becoming more and more of an awareness. Yeah, I agree. I Social media has definitely done wonders in regards yeah. to like creating change, you know? A thousand percent. I mean, especially like I see, I think another reason, I think I didn't really bring it up before, but another reason that made me do it was because working in the store, I would see like mom come with their kids to the stores and they would literally fat shame them, you know, nothing would look good on them. And they were giving, they were offering their kids the wrong thing to try on. And through that, they were fat shaming them and it really hurt me. Don't offer things that you like, offer things that will make your kid happy, things that will make her look good in. Um, also, we talk to her, like, you know, body shaming and all that really bothered me. And um, that's when I saw that, like, the, a need for an awareness. So that's probably a big factor that pushed me to do this. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you deal with that, by the way, when you see that? Do you just ignore or do you say something? So it depends on the situation, but 90% of the time I've found a way to like, kind of like get into the picture and just be like, you know, you're a beautiful girl. You have gorgeous eyes, your hair is gorgeous. I'm going to find your dress. It's going to make everything pop and going to make you look stunning. And I'll run to the back and I'll find something for her. And she'll come out, she'll be happy. Her mother will be happy. I found her something. Um, I think it's all about like just saying the right thing to make them feel good. And, um, you know, don't, don't offer them something that is just not going to work. Like find things that will work for them. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, a lot about positive affirmation, like giving just positive vibe and complimenting them on their good features. And yeah. So smart. Yeah. Like yeah. just focusing on the positive and not that being, you know, not thin is not positive. Let's just establish right. that. 100%. But but yeah. the fact is that society has established these ridiculous standards, I guess, right? Um, which we're working to eliminate. So that's great. How would you, I just thought of this, like, as, as you're, you know, talking about helping these girls in the stores with their moms, do you have any advice for moms who have daughters who are not thin and how to, you know, talk to them in regards to their body coming from someone who's not a therapist, you know, someone who's you, you know, you're amazing and, and you, you're intuitive and empathetic. So, so how would you like advise these moms? So first of all, what I would tell these moms is never to go shopping with, with your plus side daughter and your side four daughter together, give them their one-on-one time to make them feel good about it. Don't, don't make it into a competitive situation. Let it be that you have your one-on-one shopping time with the daughter, um, make sure that the store that you go into shall be comfortable to go into. Like don't walk into a store if you know they only go up to size 12 and they're not going to have anything for her and you're just trying a lot. It's not worth it. It's not worth her ego and it's just not worth the time and it's crushing. It, it hurts for a girl to walk in and just have nothing fit her. So make sure to do your research beforehand. You know, ask people, this, you know, Google it, find out which store will carry her sizes and only go there. Don't yeah, don't set yourself up for damage. So definitely do your research. Um, give her a lot of one-on-one time. Find things that you can praise her on. That you know, 
And then the day, we're so much more than our body, as I said before. So there's so many other things that you can like encourage her to, to like motivate her. Um, so many things you can compliment her about. Um, also discover her her good hobbies, her attribute, and help with that. You know, if she's great at singing, offer her singing lesson that will make her feel good about it. So it's all about like just lifting her up and you know using her good to the max. That's okay. really important. Um, yeah. Those are great. No, it's really, really fantastic. I mean, it's so important to remember that like not everything is about, you know, your body and the way we look. And it's hard in a society that really values the superficiality and image. Right. Um, but it's important to realize that like just like you wouldn't like someone, like take away all the frills and the image if they weren't a good person, a nice person that had like great great energy and things to offer. Um, you should think about that in regards to just bodies in general. Right. And by whilst on the topic, positive body image has nothing to do with plus size. You know, I've met so many um, side twos and fours and six who are so unhappy. Um, so it's like important for everyone to know that like discussing body weight and, and, and body in general and shape, you know, with, with each other, it, it not it shouldn't be a thing. Like unless, I don't know, unless, you know, they're the ones that are bringing it up, fine. But like, it's not something that you should discuss in general because you don't know what people are struggling with. And it, it, people do struggle with their, with their body image. It's not just plus side, everyone out there. Um, I see it, like I see it all the time. People don't like their boobs. People don't like their hips. They don't like their, their leg side, whatever. Everyone has all different issues. And it's just important to be aware of that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like if you see someone thin, don't automatically assume that they're like so confident about their body. Right. Uh, the most beautiful women have insecurities. Exactly. Uh, but then going back to what you said before, just really important to however, whether it's going to therapy or whatever, but like to, to figure out a way to love yourself, who you are as a holistic person. A thousand percent. Um, are there is there anything that you would like to change in the in the modest clothing industry? Definitely um, availability um, and accessibility. Meaning to say, like I know that different communities have like more. Some communities will have more available, and some will have less. I, I kind of like want to change that. Like I'm just thinking, even like now with the store that I work in. Um, I would love to help them open a store in England. Like, you know, I know that in England there's so much less available and they can do with such a store. And, um, but again, it's most of the time people want to do it. They just don't have that manpower. So I kind of want to be like the go the in-between, like help, help, you know, stores set up across the world. And like, that's like one of my goals. Um, definitely availability and also accessibility. Um, what else? Yeah, color. Um, I speak to so many manufacturers actually, um, and I keep on asking them, like, why not your regular line of clothing? Why are you not bringing it out in plus size? And they're like, the stores don't want to order it. They're scared to order the plus size in, in color. And that's one thing that really bothers me. Young teens, uh, even people like me, I'm young. I want to wear color. I want to wear, uh, I don't know, an orange dress or even a white dress um but it's just not available that it's like almost impossible to find because there's just this myth in the 
modest world that we should be wearing that plus size should be wearing black because it's slenderizing. Yes, black is very slenderizing, but we want to wear colors too. We want to look young. We want to feel fresh. We want to feel good amongst our peers. So that's something that I'm really like. Um, yeah, to push for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I love that. It's so interesting because I always hear from people like this is my experience from my friends who are, you know, like wearing the plus size clothing um that they like to wear black because they feel like safer and slenderizing but the truth is that they're you're right there are certain people who really want color especially young people honestly i think people are saying that they feel safer in it because in the end of the day that's really only what's available for us um i think people if i think if we would create a line in color that is slenderizing but still in color people would go for it um, it just it just doesn't exist, and that's why we just stick to our black. Um, yeah. So it's definitely something that like I'm very keen about, and like I really want to make that happen and change that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And you're doing such a great job. I mean, I see like your posts on social media, and I know people are drawn to that because not everyone is thin. A lot of people are not. You know, it's a very small percentage of people who actually, right? Isn't that like a true thing? I, I don't know the numbers. But, you know, there's enough people who are not yeah. a size 8, 10, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so but you know what? And, and it's not just size. Um, even size 8 and 10 are saying that they're having such a hard time because, you know, with every season that comes along, everything just goes smaller and smaller. Like, all of a sudden, from going from being a small, they're, they're a large because our clothing are just not made right. So that's, you know, it's something that we're all struggling with. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, but um, but yeah, and I love how you're I love how you're working hard to change things, and literally, like we don't people don't realize sometimes we underestimate ourselves the power we have, but we really all have tremendous power to implement change, you know, right. and and that's what you're doing. So kudos to you for that. <laughs> yeah, we're trying our best, right? So, okay, so I'm gonna ask you the question that we ask everyone at the end which is what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Um, honestly, I hope that shopping will just be a breed for everyone. I hope we'll be able to change the way stores and, you know, manufactured um, make the clothing. I hope that we'll be able to have 100% awareness and that, We'll be able to cater for everyone, no matter what shape you are, what side you are. Um, I also hope that like self-love is just gonna be out there, like just available to everyone. You know, everyone can everyone should be aware of themselves. That's like something that I really hope is gonna change. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like a lot of people don't know their worth. And I think that like if we like I think it's really kind of our job like to kind of put it out there for the next generation to our kids, our grandkids, just to make them feel good and um, make sure they know their worth. Like that's what's really important. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, Shane, this was so wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey and how you're slowly changing the world. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. One step at a time. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks so much for coming here. No Thanks.
That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 